Blog Talk Radio. notice that God is all around you in everyone and everything? What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. My name is Tracy. And I'm Leslie. And we are here just to have some fun today and to remind ourselves as well as you, that life can be really fabulous when you just say yes to spirit. And today our theme is going to be meditation, which is going to be really fun because it seems like no matter what we talk about, the spiritual practice of meditation always comes up and is always one of the ways that we emphasize or that we support ourselves on our journey in life. So today, during our conversation about meditation, we'll have the opportunity to talk about different types of meditation, uh, specific ways that Leslie and I use meditation in our own lives, and maybe we'll even hear from some of you about ways that meditation supports you, inspires you, and keeps you sane. But we always like to connect the dots with uh, what we've done in the previous program before we jump into today's theme. So, Leslie, I'm going to turn it over to you to do that. Yes, actually, we had a a comment on the uh, blog site. Is it a blog site or a website, Tracy? What's the official? That's a good question. On the computer, I guess. (laughs) Shows you how much I know about all this stuff. But Catherine in Dallas left a comment on the, um, the Yes to Spirit site. And uh, I love to read the different comments. And she had a comment on faith. She said, my faith is strengthened by two steps. First, stepping out and doing things that I'm unsure of while knowing the God within me knows how. And secondly, by sharing these actions with others, that process allows me to see the change in my faith. And what I really loved about what Catherine said knowing that God within me knows how. And that reminded me what you were talking about last week of trust and faith. And we were kind of looping those two around and thinking about those. And that is really trusting that God within me will take the next best right action, that I don't always have to know how the the next thing to do, but I just know and trust and have faith. So I appreciated that from Catherine. And that is a really good example because there are countless, times when we're so busy trying to figure it out. We're trying to create what every step in the process is. And and sometimes you do. You just have to go beyond what your mind can tell you, what your human mind can tell you. And just trust your intuition and that faith and that inner mm-hmm. voice um, can really pay off. The other thing I liked about the comment, which is also very true for me, is then when you tell someone else mm-hmm. about yes. what you're doing or, you know, the direction that you're going, that you're being guided to do certain things or that you were guided and you mm-hmm. followed it. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I tell someone else, even if they're not, you know, in a formal prayer partner relationship with me, but it's someone who I trust, um, if I tell them, it, it's almost like I'm holding myself accountable or I'm celebrating it by sharing it with someone else. It makes it even more real. Yes, yes. And it encourages them on their path, too. Again, I think that's what is the biggest thing of of trying to get people into conversation about saying yes to spirit and get people into conversation about looking for God in their day because, you know, I think we have these thoughts, but we rarely have a community to share them with. And the more we talk about it, hopefully we encourage others to talk about it. And I think that increases faith. 
because as I share my faith and hear other people's stories of faith, it reminds me to be more faithful. Yes. Can you be faithful to faith? That's an interesting question. Faithful yes. to faith. Yeah, there you go. I can be faithful to faith. You can be faithful to your commitment mm-hmm. to faith. Yeah, you can be faithful to faith. I like that. I like that. No, this. Well, I'm excited to talk about meditation because I have a little meditation story from this morning myself that I'll I'll uh, tease you with and I'll talk about later. Oh, so when we come back from the break, we'll have a little story about meditation and we'll jump into that. Welcome back. Say Yes to Spirit, hosted by Leslie and Tracy, and our primary purpose is to encourage you on your spiritual path. Today we're talking about, thinking about, laughing about, considering meditation and how that helps us say yes to spirit. And right before the break, Leslie, you said you had a little story. Do you want to tell the story first, or do you want me to talk about meditation. I, I think you should talk about meditation first. You know, oh, foundation. That's even more of a tease. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, I'm going to share with you some comments from Jack and Cornelia Addington. And this is a book that's been around a long time. Their book titled The Joy of Meditation. But I love what um, they say in the beginning um, about how meditation has impacted Um, their lives. It was meditation that caused me to leave my successful law practice just when I was getting it firmly established. The legal profession was a goal I had worked long and hard to achieve. But the experience of meditation opened up a new world to me. Through meditation, I gained inner strength and came to know my true self. Meditation was my escape into reality. I came to see that my thinking had been based on popular premises that were not necessarily true. This involved religion, health, human relationships, and really every part of life. A whole new world of truth began to open up for me, and then I could not wait to share it with others. After I learned to meditate, I was no longer content with the business world. My drive was turned in the direction of a complete dedication to sharing the spiritual life with others. As I learned more and more about meditation, I discovered that one did not have to be a hermit, a monk, or live by himself like Thoreau to enjoy meditation. I found time to meditate in an otherwise busy life. And that's the end of the quote. But I I don't believe that we have to give up our primary jobs or our business or our life as we know it today. I don't believe we have to distance ourselves from family. Um, He, when he started to write this book, did, as he said, he closed down his law practice and began to teach others to meditate, and that became his full-time job. But... All of us can pay attention to that last part that I quoted. When he discovered he didn't have to be a hermit, a monk, or live by himself like Thoreau to enjoy meditation or the benefits thereof. So I think that's why, you know, Leslie and I, every time we talk about it every week on any subject, meditation comes in there because we know the power of having meditation be a part of our regular spiritual practices. And now I, I'm just really curious. No. What <laughs> so what happened this gonna, morning? It's going to be terribly exciting. But it, it was interesting because it talked to me about how I believe my meditation practice works. Um, I had a missing kitty this morning. I have a tomcat that prowls around and comes and goes kind of as he wants to, but he always comes every morning for breakfast. And so this morning he wasn't around, and 
so that caused me some anxiety. And um, I'm drinking as I'm talking, so I try not to cough or sneeze into the phone here. But um, I meditate on my deck. And so I had my mat out and my books out that I read, and everything was set for the meditation, and I set the timer. And I'm sitting there meditating, and I'm looking for the cat, right? <laughs> and I'm meditating, I open my eyes and look for the cat. So like, well, did I hear something? And I open my eyes and look for the cat. So really, I spent 20 minutes sitting in kind of the yoga position looking for my cat. <laughs> but um, I did sit for 20 minutes. And um, I was aware that I was not in any kind of state of meditation. I was kind of in a state of semi-anxiety and looking for the cat. And then as I got in the car and I was driving to Tracy's house, I realized I had forgotten my computer. And, And a series of things kind of happened this morning, but I just kind of didn't overreact to them. I was like, well, now what do I do? And then Tracy helps me out. Well, come on, you know, we can use my computer. So... So I was reminded this morning that even if I don't go into this, like, deep zen-like experience in my meditation, that the mere fact that I took the time and I made the effort to sit for that 20 minutes, and even if it's sitting for five minutes, whatever my routine is, I made that effort. I got benefit out of it, even though it wasn't a really deep meditation. Oh, yeah. And that is, there are two things that really jump out for me about that. One of them is... The practice, just the practice of of um, doing the meditation, of sitting there, of having a routine that your body on the physical plane and your spirit on the you know spiritual plane have that habit. It's like the the practice of it it triggers for your body. Oh, this is my time to get centered. Oh, this is my time to get out of my own way. So that that really jumps out at me, that the practice itself is powerful, even though the experience from meditation to meditation might be different, which then brings me to the second thing that jumps out at me about that. So the way you describe it, it's like, you know, I'm distracted and I have some anxiety around the cat, and I'm, you know, opening my eyes and looking. I don't know that that's any less of a meditation. Um, you know, it's a different quality of meditation. Um, and we hear sounds, in, you know, whenever we're meditating, wherever we are, and like you meditate outdoors, and so, you know, you could hear the wind or you could oh, hear right. a tree, and you kind of name it in your mind, oh, mm-hmm. that's the wind blowing, and you let the, let it, you know, float away on a cloud or you know, or put it on a leaf and let it go down the river. You see it, you claim it, and then you let it go by. So when I was listening to you, it was kind of like, okay, so is that the cat? I'm concerned about the cat. Open my eyes, look, and then, okay, no cat, go back. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, in some way, it's just a different quality, maybe not as deep as you had yesterday, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe more deep than tomorrow. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting, though. It was, And I thought it was timeless because of really, you know, what we were talking about today. I thought, man, just because I'm sitting, it does make a difference for me, like you say, to have that routine. I know a couple of weeks ago during our satsang at Center for Spiritual Living, Reverend Petra was talking about the, the having a specific place to meditate and a routine. Yeah. Can you tell I can't talk today? <laughs> uh, you can talk. I'm not affirming that. I'm affirming Thank you. that you're going to be just fine. Um, so, I, yeah, having a place, having a place, a location that is a good place to, or a place that you become accustomed to. Now, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that often. Um, you know, my daily practice for meditation um, starts in the morning, and I don't recommend that people meditate, you know, while they are in or on their bed uh, generally, but one of the things that I have done that has worked for me is the gazing meditation while I'm sitting on the side of my bed. And to be able to do that, um, you know, for five minutes or three minutes or seven minutes, 
you know, has been a really powerful, a really powerful practice for me. But then I also, you know, do other do other things where I have a specific place. So, you know, in my living room, I have an altar on one side of my living room, and I have my meditation mat, my meditation cushion, and so, you know, on a regular basis, I will sit you know, and do a sitting meditation in that place. And it's, it is the, I want to say the magic of place, but it's no magic. It's the habit mm-hmm. of place that then automatically tells your body, you know, and your mind, calm down now. She's breathing. She's, oh, she's taking those deep breaths and she's sitting on that mat and, and there's, you know, the, and the chimes just rang. Okay, you know what to do. Meditate. And it's like Pavlov's dog, you know, we set that, that, that intention and exactly. then that kind of thing happens to us. Exactly. And it just makes it easier for us to go to that place where, um, you know, the, the idea that you have to have 30 minutes or you have to have 60 minutes to meditate, mm-hmm. when the reality is the more often you meditate and the more patterns you have, then on an average typical day, mm-hmm. you can go deeper faster because your body and your whole physiology already knows what it's supposed to do. Yes. So that's really pretty powerful. I'm trying to think back. It was probably about four or five years ago. I took, and I'll say it wrong so Tracy will remind me what the right name is, but John and Linda Caswell may have a meditation class here in Dallas called Sitting Still, I think is the name of the class, and I took that class about four years ago, and they were, I thought, really smart because they started us with five minutes of meditation. Yes, and they uh, recently started a new, another class. They offered this class uh, several times a year, and they're fabulous. And um, last week, I was asking, you know, John, how the class went, how the first class of this new series went. And he was saying, well, you know, some people came in feeling a little intimidated or, you know, they, they obviously signed up for the class and wanted to meditate better, but they felt, you know, they were beginners or they didn't know what to do. And they really, you know, several people, which happens in every class, came in saying, you know, I don't, you know, I, I know I should meditate, but I don't have time to meditate. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, but by the end of the evening of the first night of class, several people came up to him saying, oh, is that what meditation is? Oh, I can do that. I can do that, right. Oh, oh, that's all, only five minutes? Oh, I can do that. You know, oh, I don't have to block everything out of my mind? Oh, yeah, I could do that. And so, you know, maybe part of what the challenge is is that people have a misconception about what it means to meditate. And so often we talk about meditation and we don't, you know, really define what it is or all the different ways you can access meditation. And, you know, and I'm not the expert that has one definition that works. But, you know, when I think about meditation for myself, it's much more about just quieting the the physical world, quieting, you know, the day-to-day so that I can have some communication with spirit, so that I can either listen for direction and guidance from spirit, or I can release all of what feels like a burden or a challenge in my life and release that into spiritual energy so that I'm not trying to carry it all by myself. Mm -hmm. But either way, for me, it's like, okay, how do I have a conversation that's not so tied up with the day-to-day busyness, deadlines, conversations, challenges, barriers that go on in, in physical, our physical life. To disconnect from that for a period of time. Yeah. And connect to that oneness, remind ourselves. Yeah. I know I took another class of practical practices, daily practices at CSL. Spiritual practices spiritual practices. mysticism? Spiritual practices, that was it, spiritual practices, where we did a bunch of different meditations Yeah. each week. And um, I had never really done much with the movement meditation. 
and uh, they had us go outside and do a walking meditation. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the Lamperts on this show a couple of different times. But that was really the first time I had done that. And, and that's good for me, I think, because I am, I can get anxious, the anxious mind. I have noticed. I know nobody else would have ever <laughs> thought that. But um, that's good for me when I'm feeling, you know, like I can't sit to do that walking meditation. Yeah. The, the, um, well, the first time I really got exposed to walking meditation was with um, Bhante Wamala at the Omega Institute in uh, Rhinebeck, New York. And this was, oh, many years ago, maybe 15, 16, 17 years ago. And, um, and he led a walking meditation that was so amazing. And, of course, we were in a beautiful setting with trees and grass and, you know, hills and water. And to walk, and have some slight guidance about, you know, staying in a meditative state was so powerful. And that was the first time that I realized that you could actually have some movement while you were meditating. So that would have been maybe 93 or 94. Mm. And then in 1999, I went on a um, cultural exchange trip with, uh, in Brazil with Essence Magazine. And Reverend, now Reverend Andriette Earl, who was uh, not a, a minister at the time, uh, but Reverend Andriette exposed me to movement meditation that was not really dance, but it was more movement. It wasn't like walking, you know, down the path and in quiet meditation. Mm -hmm. It was truly movement. Um, every morning while we were on this trip in Brazil, Andriette led a led meditation, and I would get up in the morning and do meditation. And every day, she did something different. And one morning, she had some fabulous music playing. And we were outdoors on a um, covered deck that was, you know, big enough to hold like 70 people. Oh, nice. So it was a big outdoor space uh, in a hotel property, a resort property. and But it was covered, and she had some music playing. And after a very brief guided meditation, the instruction was to move as the music moves you. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just... 25 minutes of wow. movement, and the only guideline was you cannot be still, <laughs> you know. And so you might be moving very slowly, and you might be still for a minute as you listen to your body, you know, to what arm to move or which mm -hmm. way to move. And she changed the music during the 20 minutes oh, okay. so that you really would just listen. And it was one of the most powerful meditations because it wasn't about, am I dancing? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't called a dancing meditation. And so it was, you know, and it wasn't, am I doing, am I dancing better than the next person? Mm -hmm. Do I look awkward? Do I? It wasn't about any of that. It truly, the way that she guided us into it was about what is spirit saying to you in this music? And it was very, very, very powerful. And I've, I've since led a number of groups with that kind of movement meditation, and people are always like, that's meditation too? Yes. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, because I really, until I took that class and uh, all sorts of different ways to meditate, I would never have thought about a movement, and certainly not a dance kind of meditation as being. Again, I guess the definition of meditation is, you know, trying to just connect with that oneness, Right. Is that, that what would you say a definition of meditation? It's just the, the, the stillness, the oneness? Well, I, the reason, the oneness I love, um, the reason I shy away from stillness is because I do think it, it says to people, if, if they're not, if they've not done a lot of reading in spirituality uh -huh. or in Buddhism, you know, it's, it's easy for a lay person, you know, an average typical person to say stillness or oh, I'm supposed to sit still. Oh, right. That would, yeah, conjure up that idea. And, you know, I'm supposed to sit still, but my brain is still moving. Right, right, right. So, yes, that that quieting 
the brain and really being in communion. A lot of times when I think of meditation, I think of it as communion with spirit. I like that. So that we could agree with that. That would be the definition of the communion with spirit. Yeah. So, so moving or dance, or sitting. Mm-hmm. And, and chanting. Chanting, right. There are all kinds of, right, chanting, voice toning. Um, you gave me a Wayne Dyer tape uh, disc that had the uh, creation sound. Ah. Uh, uh, and that was unbelievable. And I thought the first time I did that ah uh, for 20 minutes that I was going to pass out, actually. <laughs> I wasn't breathing. I wasn't breathing very well. well. You have to breathe mm-hmm. as well. But yes. um, um, I uh, I did after I got, I got in the routine of it. It was really interesting, and I did find myself feeling, I don't, I don't know what the word is, throughout the day I felt more capable, maybe. It sort of somehow energized my ability to feel, I can do this. I can make this happen. I can complete this task. It really did have a tangible, mm-hmm. tangible effect in my day. And I, I think he talked about the history of that, that it really is a sacred sound that is the creation sound. And so to kind of set that tone or that pace in the beginning of my day for my day, it really did, it, it gave me a real strength throughout my day when I was trying to get things done. I felt much more productive. Wow, that's a great testimonial. And I haven't listened to that in a long time. I mean, I remember the intro to it that of him talking about, you know, so many um, faith systems, so many faith practices, so many belief systems um, do have in the name for their highest power, their highest um, leader, um, their highest symbol, mm-hmm. the ah uh, sound. So God has ah, uh, Allah, mm-hmm. Buddha, Bahu'u'llah. There, you know, all Rasta. That so many of the belief systems have that ah uh, sound, and so yes, enchanting is so powerful because you bring that forth mm. through whatever name you call this energy, mm. and um, yeah, then that energy works through you, and then at night to you go Om. Meditation to kind of ground Ground. the day and and connect you with earth and and bring all of the busyness of the day down into some solid form that then can go away from you. I'm still working on that night meditation. I remember we talked about that in the first. (laughs) At least I'm not listening uh, to the. SUV, uh, Law and Order SUV anymore at night. You've convinced Did me we? to turn my TV off. No, well, I wasn't trying to convince you. Well, I was just telling you what works for me. You're sharing. I have me. no judgment about what mm-hmm. works for you, uh-huh. but that okay. it, it doesn't work for me. Although I don't think we did ever talk, tell the follow-up story to that. That the next week you were starting to try the night meditation and you were turning off Law and, Law and Order SVU. And I had not been monitoring my Netflix. Oh, that's right. I, I had not been not monitoring my Netflix queue. And in the mail, I get Law and Order SVU <laughs> Season 8 or whatever, Season 4, Season 8, whatever season it was. And then one evening, I popped the disc in. And next thing I know, it's like three hours later and it's time for me to go to bed. And I'm like, I. I just watched three hours of Law and Order SVU right before bed. <laughs> we changed lives. Right, and and you call me the next day and say, I'm trying that meditation at night thing. I think I got a better exchange there. I'm I'm happy with my exchange. Well, the disc went back and Ooh. no more. Got back into your routine, did you? And that's another thing I think. Once you set that pattern and you get in that routine, then when you don't do it, you miss it. Yeah. And that's really how I know I've got the routine. You know, I know I don't have the exercise routine yet because when I miss a day of walking, I don't miss it. <laughs> I don't go, oh, gosh, I wish I'd walked. <laughs> so I really haven't crested over into my exercise of getting it into a routine. But if I don't sit in the mornings and have some meditation time, you know, I really do miss it. And I do, you know, I get myself to some quiet place and try to connect to that oneness throughout the day because I really do, you know, I, I enjoy it. It, it's become such a part of my life that I, I, I miss it if it's not there. So let's take a one-minute break, and then we'll come back and talk.
talk a little bit more about meditation. It's the practice of meditation, how it helps us say yes to spirit, and more. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Um, Talking about meditation and getting into the practice of meditation and the different kinds of meditation. And Tracy's made a little list, I can see, of different types of meditation that that, uh, you've participated in. And I I think that was one of the things that I learned in that class is that I really, like you said, didn't understand the all different types of meditation that that is available. as meditation, have we covered most of the things on that list? I can't read upside down. Say well, guided. So the well, guided meditation—that's the kind of meditation that I think most people are most familiar with. Because mm. um, someone's guiding them through. Right. Okay. So there's a you know a voice, either a person in the room, or you know there's so many recordings that people can listen to, even online. Mm-hmm. You know, on our. Um, God in, God in My Day. day. I'm like, what is the name of our site? In the GodInMyDay.com website, you know, every three or four days, you know, we're posting a a meditation anywhere from three to ten minutes that's guided either, or some of them are guided. Some mm-hmm. of them are music backgrounds and visuals that you could use as a gazing meditation. But some of them are guided with someone talking you through. Yeah, I really encourage to stop you to say that again. Godinmyday.com. Tracy's done an amazing job of loading those meditations, and they've really been helpful to me and to my sister, who is learning different things about meditation. You know, because it is timed, and you have the music background, and then or you have the guided, and it's just very user friendly, and it's a four or five minute kind of meditation, so it doesn't take a great deal of time, and it's it's right there for you. So. And then on Tuesday nights, we're doing yes. meditations right here on Blog Talk Radio from 10.30 to 11 p.m. Central Time that also are recorded. And we've had a couple of people uh, come up and tell us that either they listened live and it was really helpful for them to help them wind down at the end of a busy day. Mm-hmm. Or, in fact, I haven't even told you this, a couple, a few days ago, one of my really good friends in Atlanta said that she started listening to the the meditation, the recording of cool. it, and she had to turn it off because it was making her sleepy, and it was in oh, the middle of the day. That's funny. And I thought, oh, yeah, that makes sense because we're really aware that it's 1030 to 11 at night central time, mm-hmm. and especially the the first one was all about winding down at the end of a busy day right. and, you know, releasing all of the tension of the day. And I guess, yeah, if you listen to that at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> that you might not get much work done for the next two or three hours. Mm-hmm. You just might have to take a nap. Um, but tomorrow night, at our, in our next one, we're going to do a mantra meditation. Oh, cool. And so it will not be one that will make you sleepy, although it will release any tension of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, all of them are not designed to put you to sleep. And, you know, it, it really is, you know, all these different tools we're trying to put out there and talk about um, Really, honestly, the intent is to get people starting different things that they might not have tried before. Because I know meditation for me is something that just really has made such a positive impact on my life. And I just can't you know, feel like I'm promoting it, and I am, because it, is, it makes such a big difference to just do even just five minutes or a minute. I lead a, a group in the women's jail um, 
and uh, we call it relaxation techniques because meditation just wouldn't be very well received in the jail. But it's fascinating to hear their stories of when they take five minutes or a minute and a half to meditate in their day. And when you think about they're in a pod with 65 other women where there's always activity, there's never any silence of any kind in the jail. And um, these women have stories about how just going within their own mind and connecting to that one for five minutes in the morning, how it absolutely transformed their day. And so it's stories like that that really encourage me that, you know, we've got to talk about this stuff. It's like we talk about everything else, you know, but it's like this is the stuff to really talk about. Exactly. And talk about it to people that you work with, that, you know, that you don't know their spiritual background. I think we think, well, I can't talk about this because they'll think I'm weird or they'll think I'm a, you know, an Eastern freak or something, you know. But, I mean, I think more and more people are getting involved in meditation. It's not just an Eastern practice or philosophy anymore. Exactly. Kind of like yoga is much more accepted in, in our Well, and I, I love the comment about in the jail using the idea of relaxation versus mm-hmm. meditation, but you're going for the same outcome. Right. And, you know, we'll say reflection, you know, yeah, we take time for reflection. Or if we, you know, I have friends who are... Um, Christian, and they'll they will call their time devotion time mm-hmm. or prayer time, mm-hmm. but it really is a quiet time of you know maybe reading something and then a co- contemplative meditation, which is another type of meditation which you know really throws people because when you think I want you to do a contemplation about this passage or this idea or concept. Mm-hmm. So you go into meditation with a with something specific on your mind, yes. and you are waiting to see what comes up related to that subject. And so often when we say meditation, people think it's about, oh, I've got to wipe my brain and my mind clean, and I'm not supposed to think of anything. <laughs> and like our five-year-old in the video on our Facebook I page. I love that. Who often who goes, um, 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 and that's all. You know, I'm supposed to clear my and mind. That is the cutest thing ever, yeah. But contemplation or contemplative meditation um, might be, um, like in Neil Donald Walsh's book, Meditations from Conversations with God, he gives a year's worth of quotes and phrases and sentences, and each day you know, his, his recommendation is to take that one thing and contemplate it. Oh, in, in all a meditation. Well, in a in a meditation. Oh, specifically, in fifteen okay. minutes of meditation or thirty minutes of meditation. So, what's today? Today is May tenth. May tenth. Today's contemplation from Neil Donald Walsh in Meditations from Conversations with God would be to contemplate this: If you are God's equal, that means nothing is being done to you, and all things are created by you. There can be no more victims and no more villains, only outcomes of your thought about a thing. (laughs) And if we wanted to do a meditation, a contemplative meditation, you know, we might read that, those two sentences, five or six times if we're just reading it for ourselves, and then go into our breath, be quiet, be still, and just see what comes up for us related to that. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that sense, you're not clearing, you are clearing your mind of what you think about this this comment or this statement, but you're opening it saying, you know, okay, Spirit, tell me or give me some message mm-hmm. about how this statement applies to me. And then there's something to be said for almost kind of like training my mind, because yeah what are they called, monkey mind, and, you know, my mind is going off in all sorts of different things. And and over time, I remember um, Reverend Beatrice, my spiritual teacher, talking about training my mind and training, disciplining my mind. That was the word she used, disciplining my mind. And, and how to understand when it's my monkey mind going and when it's my contemplative mind. Because I think I can get kind of, confused. <laughs> I think one is the other, you know, so, and so how do I separate all the different voices, you know, kind of align them up in a line in my in my head and say, okay, now you can talk or you can't talk, and so really kind of getting in connection to um, 
you know, clearing my mind and getting that connection to God and then being able to have an understanding that this connection is is authentic. I think there's another word that comes to mind, discernment. Mm-hmm. You know, how yeah. to discern um, what's going on in my mind and when is the guidance that I'm getting, you know, coming from my anxiety or my fear or my human and when is the, um, you know, the, the, the impulse to act coming from the divine. And, you know, several instances, you know, I can look back and think, oh, my gosh, I thought that was the divine, and looky there, that was me. <laughs> that was me masquerading as the divine, right, right? But uh, but I think the more discipline I get and the more, you know, trained, and, again, I'm making it sound hard, and I don't think it has to be hard. Again, you know, just one minute a day can change your life. But I think that one day, one minute seeds wanting more and more and more, and then as you get further along with it, I'm just real engaged by it and interested in how my mind goes off. And, you know, I want to, I kind of want to be that monk and, you know, take six months and go hang out in a monastery and see what that would be like, you know, to just have, you know, really five years ago, ten years ago, if I did that, I I believe I would have gone crazy. My mind was such an unhealthy space that if I had just been with my mind for five or six hours a day, I probably would have jumped off a monastery cliff. But, you know, now I think I've got my mind to a point that I could sit with it for five or six hours. And uh, and I think, again, that's part of it. You know, it's a process in going through this, you know, daily daily practice and making the process and making progress. Yeah, and, and that would be fabulous. I would love to do that, too. But the reality is that most of us mm-hmm. have very busy lives right. filled with lots of doing. And for me, the meditation time is a is a reminder that, I'm really here to be. Yes. And five minutes of being can do a lot to make the doing mm-hmm. more um, easier, happier, um, less stressful, etc. And I swear, if there's anyone out there listening that hasn't tried meditation, I always make this promise to people, and it's true. Like if you meditate for five minutes a day, every day for like 30 days, I swear you will find more time in your day. I mean, time warps around. When you spend that, I have never had anybody come back. Tracy's rolling her eyes. But I swear to you, it's like a guarantee. Never had anybody come back and say that's not true because it does. It just shifts the energy. Something happens when you spend that time in the morning doing just some sort of sitting, some sort of quieting throughout the day. You know, lights turn green, projects come, you know, your mind is more easily open to what you need to write about in that project or that, that, that assignment that's due or that work that's due. It really is fascinating, but um, it, it does have a tangible effect, I think, on the doing. So, so we haven't heard uh, a Leslie devotion today, but I have the perfect one. So do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? I think you should read it since I just barely stopped coughing. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, this one is 100 times over. I gave her a 20-second rub on her head, and she snuggled with me for over an hour. I fed her one treat, and she stood guard at the bathroom door, making certain I was safe. I took her on a 15-minute walk, and she licked my hand, barked her appreciation, and cuddled with me on the couch for the entire afternoon. Taking care of my friend's dog, I realized she took the little love and attention I gave her, and she gave it back to me a hundred times over. It occurred to me the time I spend with God in the morning is much like this. Even five minutes of meditation, prayer, or silent reflection connecting to God's energy clears my path for the entire day. I have a hunch God is such a strong source of pure energy, all I have to do is spend a moment hooking into it, and I am in the flow of good for 24 hours. Once connected in the morning, it lasts and lasts and lasts, giving back to me a hundred times over. That did fit. That was a a good... Good connection there. You write great devotion. It's funny how you can find the ones that fit, too, Tracy. That's your gift. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who um, would like more of Leslie's devotions, just visit us online at 
GodInMyDay.com. And actually, you really should go there and watch the funny video of Leslie. So if you are, like, only know us through the radio show, Say Yes to Spirit, and you've been wondering what we look like, well... I've gotten my hair cut since then. <laughs> I think we need to really point that out. Well, right? you can go see what Leslie looks yeah. like. <laughs> I was going to say, we need to have Tracy on there. We need to put Tracy on there. Keep talking about that. Uh, but yeah. we would, because really the desire is to get the whole world talking about this. I mean, the community growing, you know, the God in my day community, Tracy Cohen, that idea. And to be able to get, uh, connect the dots, so to speak, between different people in different parts of the world talking about how to look for God in your day and, and how to daily practice and how meditation works and share meditation stories with each other. Um, because I do think, again, we all have the stories, but we're not talking about that as much. So. Yeah, and the, and you're right. The say yes to spirit, encouraging us to do it, encouraging others to do it, and then to build this community of people who are not afraid to talk about it is so much um, a part of the passion for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, if you don't have a group of people you're comfortable uh, who support you, who sustain you, who encourage you um, to be spiritually grounded and to to live that in a uh, joyous way in your life, it's hard. It's, it's much harder. Yes. It's much harder. And we want it to be easy and fun. And fun, and exactly right, and entertaining and engaging. And like Catherine said in her comment, you know, when we talk about it and share with each other, it, it shows us our own progress our own growth, and we talked about growth one time, and, you know, how do you mark the little stages of growth? And, again, sharing our experiences, you know, I'll tell something to a friend, and they'll say, oh, my gosh, Leslie, remember last month you couldn't even blah, 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 and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I've gotten better, haven't I? Somebody get that little kind of, oh, good. Yeah, I didn't notice. Right, I didn't notice I was getting better. Okay, so we talked about uh, silent meditation or that, you know, kind of sitting still and being silent. We've talked about contemplative, we've talked about guided meditation, we've talked a little bit about chanting, we're going to do a mantra meditation tomorrow night, Tuesday night, um, from 10.30 to 11 p.m., right here, same platform, blogtalkradio.com forward slash YTS, and a mantra meditation really means that if you're not familiar with meditation, we'll be uh, repeating the same phrase over and over again. Um, the uh, opportunity to see where that phrase leads us. We'll repeat it out loud all together uh, over and over again for a certain period of time, and then we will, tomorrow night, we will go into silence and let that sit and soak in a little bit, and then um, we will come out of it with a mantra as well. Is that how we use the mala beads? Yes, and so we'll, right, and so, well, you know, we are talking about meditation, and we probably should do a few minutes on uh, prayer beads, and so the mala beads are used in uh, Buddhist meditation and in, well, in other practices as well, but they're most mostly um, connected to or uh, known as mala beads, as Buddhist prayer beads, and it's a string of 108 beads. And you count, you 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 say the prayer or the affirmation uh, or the scripture, and that's while you're holding one beat. And once you say whatever that prayer, affirmation, or scripture is, then you go to the next beat and you say it again. And the 108 is a sacred number in Buddhism, and which is why it's 108. But basically, when you've gone one time around, you you don't have to count, but you know that you have made that spiritual offering 108 times. Because the first time that I experienced that was in the spiritual practices class, and we did the mantra, there is just one life, that life is perfect, that life is God's life. Oh, there is just one life, that life is God's life, that life is perfect, that life is my life now. And we did that as a class out loud, 108 times, and then we went into silence. And that silence that I went into, that was the fact I really, you know, I've been sitting for years, I mean, we're talking 20 years plus, uh, on some sort of, either through 12-step 
prayers or devotions or whatever. I called it 20 years ago. I didn't call it meditation. But I've been sitting for a long time. And after we did that 108 times out loud as a class, and then we went into into the silence, that opened a door for me into a deeper silence and a deeper oneness than I had ever experienced. And after it was done, I was like, can I take all y'all home? I mean, you know, I was like, how do I package that for the love of God? So, But it was really an amazing so now, and I kind of do it with the beads now, and it, it again, it does kind of connect me back to that experience of having everybody talking together. But um, that was an amazing thing. So I, I look forward to tomorrow night if that's kind of what we're going to be looking at. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the power of mantra and having sound. But then, yeah, in your case, the power of group, the mm-hmm. group energy of it is, is amazing, is, is really amazing. Um, so we talked about, oh, mala beads. And then mala beads are not the only type of prayer beads. So anyone who has a Catholic heritage, yes. is familiar with the rosary, uh-huh. and those that's the use of prayer beads, and, um, you know, several groups, several sets of ten, and so, you know, there and there's a sequence, and there's a pattern. Um, there are several Christian faith practices that have, that include praying with the use of beads, and there's, um, you know, that, that use of having something to help you count or to ensure you say a prayer a certain number of times, but you don't have to use your human brain, your conscious, human consciousness to count once. Yeah, twice. God is love twice. God is love three. God is love four. You know, and the beads give your hands something to do and Mm -hmm. also engage that part of your body that maybe needs the kinetic, the physical movement, so you're, yes. you know, the counting the beads or the movement of the beads, handling the beads does that. Uh-huh. And so if you're someone who is physically antsy and you, it's hard for you to sit still, when you give your hands the beads to move, it calms your body down yeah. because your body is has purposeful movement. And then you could, I just Googled M-A-L-A beads and there's like, really, you can buy them online for seven bucks. They're not expensive yeah. to get some. I never well, seen them many, before. Many <laughs> spiritual centers have them, but yeah, if, I mean, if you're anywhere in the world where you're not a part of a spiritual center that keeps them in their, you know, store or, or on site, absolutely, the internet is an amazing source of uh, all kinds of these, from precious stones to, you know, simple wood. Right. You right. can find whatever will serve you. Um, one thing we haven't talked about in terms of meditation is um, writing. Oh. We talked about moving meditation, but we didn't talk about writing and journaling as a meditation. So either the free-form writing, like uh, Julia Cameron really, she didn't start this, but she made it really popular, the idea of morning pages. Mm. I mean, many spiritual practices have including have included just free form, free flow, free association writing. Right. You you could read a scripture or you could just think about something and start writing whatever comes to mind. And don't edit it, don't think about it, just keep writing. Um, and in the artist's way, Julia Cameron really made that popular. And now so many people write morning pages. That, and the idea is as soon as you wake up that you, you know have paper, a journal, or a book or paper write available to you, and you write three pages. Wow. And you just write, you know, whatever comes to mind as soon as you wake up. And you put it aside. You don't, you know, have to read it. You don't have to do anything with it. And every morning you just write. Does it connect pages. back to your dream at all? I have never done that. So it's that not dream analysis. It's really it's just like when you wake up. It's, it's really a meditation of okay. what, you know, whatever comes to mind. Now, sometimes it may be that there were dreams that you remember and you start writing. Okay. But that's not the assignment. The assignment is to just write whatever comes up, whatever comes for you. And if you sit there and you go, there, I just woke up. I got nothing. nothing. Like, I've got nothing. (laughs) Then you write, I just woke up, I've got nothing. And. And then, it, you know, you might end up with two pages of, I've still got nothing. <laughs> nothing is coming. 
I have nothing. You know, for most people, you might do that two or three times, and then your brain is going to, or your spirit, actually, it's not your human brain, is going to open into a place. But if you wrote three pages of, you know, today I've got nothing, that that's fine. Six months from now when you look back at it, that may make perfect sense because of what else was going on in your life, or it may have opened the breakthrough door for you to begin to have something else. Interesting. So there is no way to do it wrong. Oh, I'm going to do that for a week. I'm going to be my own guinea pig because I've never done that. Okay, so I'm going to ask you next week. Seven days. Yeah, exactly. See how that works. Next on next week's show. Can I have a so really small journal? So if it's three pages, can be like a little tiny journal, like ten lines. Well, you know, that it worries me that you're pages. already trying to figure out <laughs> the how to write. My way right. down, right? Three right. pages. I could be there for a long time. You know, you and it's interesting to me that you would be like, "Can I have a small book?" <laughs> versus, "Could I just write really large?" Oh, yeah, that's true. Page? That's true. I can write like extra big, extra yeah. big. And then the one final thing that came to mind to me about a type of meditation um, that we also haven't talked about is just under the banner of mindful meditation, mindful living. So uh, Thich Nhat Hanh um, and other Buddhist um, monks talk a lot about doing whatever you do mindfully, and being oh, mindful yes. is a part Love of that. Buddhist practice. Yeah. And, but there was a particular piece that I read by Thich Nhat Hanh a few years ago that really stuck with me, and the idea of you can do anything you do all day long mindfully, yes. and in that sense, it's a meditation. It's mm-hmm. like in the Bible, the quote about pray without ceasing. Yes. You know, our lives can be a constant prayer and can be a constant meditation. So if I'm washing the dishes and I wash the dishes, really being fully present in that moment to the texture of the plate, the glass, and the, you know, being thankful for the food, the residue of the food that I'm washing away and noticing the the feel of the warmth of the water and, you know, my fingers wrinkling up because they're they've been in water for you know 15 minutes so if i'm very present whether i'm washing the dishes or watching tv or drinking a glass of water that's also a form of meditation yes and i did try that for a while years ago trying to do that every day and doing everything mindfully and i and it was a it was a powerful thing and it and it also had the effect of, I don't know why I keep coming back to this concept, but it, it just made everything go smoother. It's like my day as I mindfully did things, things happened in a very natural rhythm. I got a lot of things done. I didn't feel anxious. And, you know, really, I think back to all these, like, times in my life where I've experienced this, I'm like, why have I not managed to maintain that? <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh, I've had really clear, wonderful experiences with this stuff. But that being mindful was a really powerful tool. And, and again, it centers you into, like, um, the power of now, Eckhart Tolle, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of commonalities of centering your mind, being totally involved in your present moment, opens up that connection, I think, to that flow of the one that is always kind of moving us on to the next highest, best good for us. And so that mindfulness, thank you for bringing that up, because I remember that now that you said it. So our time is just about up today. We've talked about meditation, what it is, what it isn't, um, different types of meditation, and we haven't covered them all, but we've covered quite a few, at least seven or eight different types, and how we use meditation. So if you are listening to this, either live or by recording, and you have a comment about how meditation has played out in your life, please feel free to post a note on the um, yes, Say Yes to Spirit homepage. If you're on Facebook, please visit us and friend us at the Facebook page, God is Always Present. If you just put God is Always Present in your search bar, our Facebook page will come up, and then post how does God show up in your day when you say yes to spirit. And, of course, you can always visit us online at godinmyday.com. Next week, we're going to focus on judgment. 
Oh, yeah, I'm coming. Judgment. <laughs> Say yes to spirit. How does judgment, um, how is judgment a barrier to you saying yes to spirit is probably what we'll spend a lot of time on after we judge Leslie for whether or not she does this practice <laughs> of write, writing morning pages yeah, for seven days. Um, and we hope today has been helpful for you. So uh, thanks for joining us today. And remember to always say yes to spirit. Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.